Every month, we offer exciting new webinars for our community. Topics include how to use retirement accounts to buy real estate overseas, how to get a second passport in Latin America, why you should sell your stock portfolio and move your money offshore, how to buy beachfront rental properties in Brazil for less than $100,000, or apartments in Paraguay for less than $60,000. If you want to join us for free for these presentations with live Q&A, insider secrets, and exclusive opportunities with my professional network of experts, then go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for free upcoming presentations. expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. We all dream of seeing the world, but the realities of living somewhere outside your place of birth can be daunting to say the least. Welcome to the Expat Money Show, helping you make the most out of your overseas career through conversations with successful expats on investing, entrepreneurship, self-improvement, and continual education, all while sharpening your financial acumen. Now, please welcome your host with over 20 years of overseas experience, Mikkel Thorup. Yes, we are going live. Amazing. I can see everybody is filing in. How's everybody doing today? I hope you guys are doing awesome. Thank you so much for giving up your Saturday morning slash afternoon. We got people from all over the world. Good. There's a couple hundred people have filed in. So what we're going to be talking about today is Paraguay. Uh, I'm going to go into the entire story of how I got into Paraguay and how this all happened. But today's presentation is called Building Wealth in Paraguay's 2024 Real Estate Boom, or I should probably have rephrased this into the upcoming boom, the boom that we are at the very, very beginning of that you guys have an opportunity to participate in. So this is going to be amazing. A quick one from my side before we jump in. Neither Miguel Thorpe or Expat Money or any of our subsidiaries represent themselves as financial entities or licensed financial advisors. The material contained and expressed in this information package and online presentation should not be construed investment advice and should be regarded as informational and educational purposes. Basically, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an accountant. I don't play one on television. Uh, All investment contains substantial risk, and there is always the possibility of an investment suffering a decline or falling to zero. The examples of investment returns given in this presentation and information package are based on real-life case studies and should not be considered typical or guaranteed investment returns. If in doubt, we recommend you consult with a licensed financial advisor or legal expert versed in international real estate. Nothing in this presentation or information package should negate or delay legal advice given by a licensed professional. Expat Money has made and will always make every effort to provide accurate and complete information, but we will not be held responsible for any errors or missing information. Neither myself nor Expat Money will be held liable for any decisions you decide to make as an investor today or in the future. Sorry, guys, I have to do that. The lawyers told me so. Okay. I'm doing the quick welcome right now. I'm going to be done in about one minute, and then I'm going to be handing over the presentation to my colleague, Fernando, who will properly introduce himself. He's going to be going for about an hour. Let's call it between 45 minutes and 60 minutes. This is the main presentation today. After that, I want to jump back on. I'm going to be talking for about 10 minutes about my own story about investing in Paraguay, what I've learned doing a scouting trip down there, all the research and due diligence and all of these types of things. Then Fernando and I will be coming back. We're going to be talking for about 10 to 20 minutes. We're going to do a panel discussion. I've got some good questions lined up for him. We're going to go back and forth on Paraguay and investing in the country. 
And then we're going to do the live Q&A. The Q&A is amazing. I always love our Q&A. So as we're going through today's presentation, make sure you use that Q&A feature. If you see something come up, write a question in there. And at that point, I'll go through everything, okay? I might not read out verbatim everyone if there's like 10 that are the same, but I'll do my best to go through every single question. I've got the afternoon cleared, so I'll be here as much as possible. Next, if your spouse is in the next room, if you have a decision maker or someone else in your house, go and get them and sit them down because this is super important. We're going to cover a ton in the next two hours. So for you to try to summarize to your spouse in a three-minute conversation, what you learned in two hours is probably too much to ask. So what I'm saying is go grab your spouse, sit them down, have them watch it live with us today. This is a phones off meeting, okay? Please turn your phone off. I want you to focus, no doom scrolling, no going on Flakebook. And lastly, make sure you stay till the end because I got so much stuff to share with you guys. I don't want you to miss any of it. So very quickly from my side, this is a picture of Fernando and I when I went down to Paraguay to visit him. I went down there for about a week. It was an amazing experience. We had so much amazing food. The roads were fantastic. We drove the whole countries. I was looking at deals. I met so many wonderful people where we were there. And it is so affordable. People are always asking me about an affordable destination because they find places like Costa Rica and things like this so much more expensive than they were expecting. Well, you're going to see in today's presentation really how affordable Paraguay can be. It's growing population. It's tax-free if done right, at least from the Paraguayan side. And there are massive, massive opportunities in this country. Now, Fernando and I, when we first met, I would say we became fast friends. This was probably about six, five months ago we met. And I think I've talked to Fernando. I think I've talked to you pretty much every single day for five months now in a row. So very, very good friend of mine now. Fernando's actually going to be flying to Panama for my birthday. So anybody who's coming in for my 41st birthday will get a chance to meet Fernando in person, shake his hand, talk to him, ask him questions. So that's going to be really cool also. All right, Fernando, I'm going to now hand over the floor to you. You can go ahead and give a proper introduction about your background, your company, who you are, and things like that. And then we'll jump into the presentation. Sound good? Yes, sure. Thank you very much, Mikel. I'm completely excited to be today with you guys. thing is, well, as Mikel already mentioned at the beginning, I'm from Spain. I'm 39. I'm married to a Spanish woman with, with three children. And I've been developing business in South America since I started my career. But I have to admit to you that it was never my dream to be part of, to be a real estate developer in Paraguay. But once Caparaguay came into my life and I came across to it, I liked it very much. And I started digging in, getting to know more about the country. And then some years later, we're doing more business than ever and accelerating on every project. I think it was like 14 years ago since I first traveled to Paraguay. I was living in Brazil. I never had the intention to look at it, but it was one uncle of mine who took me. And then it's been like 11 years since we started investing vastly. No, And every year we're increasing into that. No, So... What I would like to share with you today and what I was invited for, I think, is not only speaking about my project, my ongoing project right now, but also about my experience and what it was, what took our attention when we first knew about Paraguay and how we see it. You know, I would have loved that when I first came to Paraguay, somebody had told me the things that I'm, I'm willing to tell to you today. Okay, so I'm going to share my screen right now. 
to look into my presentation. But okay, so as I was telling you, this is a picture of Ciudad del Este because maybe some of you know Paraguay barely, and you know that Asunción is the capital, but there are many things other than the capital than the capital happening in the country right now. Okay, and as this is a country a bit out of the radar. I'm putting here a, a map in order for you to understand where it is because I didn't know it that good at the beginning. Okay, we're neighbors with Bolivia, Argentina, and Brazil. And when I first came here, I thought we were also neighboring Chile and Uruguay. And you see that there are like 3,000 kilometers from the other countries. Okay, so it's in order to make it sure. We in the, call ourselves the heart of America. That was the thing about where Paraguay is standing. You know, I was telling you that. I'm going to be speaking on a first person as if I was Paraguayan. I'm I'm becoming a Paraguayan in a few months' time, but I consider myself a local here, okay? So in order to let you know what Paraguay stands for, what kind of country it is, if I had to summarize it, it is a conservative country, and it is liberal in terms of its economy, and it is simple in terms of tax and in terms of legal structure, okay? And last year's greatest or most important things to take into account is, is that we had a change in the government. We have a new president elected, President Peña, who took office in August. He's a young guy. He's 43 years old, but this doesn't mean he has no experience. He has already been a minister of finance and sitting at the board of the central bank. So he really speaks economics and macroeconomics, and it gives me some certainty for that. He's also a graduate from Columbia in New York, no? But as I was telling you, this is a simple in, in tax country, but the first thing or the second thing he said on the media whenever he came to in the office, it was that he was not going to raise taxes, as you see in this August 17th news cover, okay? In a country where taxes are small and low, getting a president to say that he's not going to raise taxes, this shows you how we take these things seriously and that we look very much in the eye to the government so that they don't change it anymore, okay? Taking into account another things, we are becoming every year a bit more important into the into the worldwide perspective, not because we're a genius, but, but we also have interesting partners. We are part of the Mercosur Agreement together with Brazil, Argentina, and Uruguay. So we have a free trade agreement among the four countries, and we negotiate bilateral agreements with other countries on this block. No, In fact, we've been doing it with the European Union for, I think it's been like 15 years, and we thought we had an agreement with that, and uh, in 2019 it stopped. Nowadays they're gonna they're trying to take it back, but they're not only speaking about economics. They're trying to impose some climate and woke agenda, and the Mercosur is gonna turn it down. This doesn't mean that we're not looking to foreign exchange or commerce or trade with other countries because at the same time in parallel we're signing free trade agreements with Singapore and the UAE. Okay, another thing ongoing right now is to analyze the relationship with the our largest neighbor, mainly Brazil, our largest client on the one side and a great story of friendship for that. I know that today's audience is not a soccer fan, okay, but we in Europe are soccer fanatics as well in South America. And one thing, one other neat, interesting thing that happened in 2023 is that we were awarded to host 2030 soccer world cup together with uruguay and spain portugal and morocco and that is going to place ourselves a bit more in the radar of the rest of the world okay but if we speak about what's going on towards our business real estate the country has a great problem because there is a huge housing deficit and population is growing very fast they call it a problem but definitely for us it's 
music to our ears, no? for us willing to provide solutions to those, to those kind of problems. No? There's a number for that. Right now in Paraguay, there's 7 million people living, inhabitants more or less, okay? And the housing deficit right now, it's 1.5 million houses. So it's a bit huge to the size of the, of the country. What it says in the news is that if we don't do nothing, this deficit will rise up to 3 million housing in 20 years time. You may think that we're not going to let it happen and we're already starting on this, okay? Is it that here in Paraguay we're fools? Definitely not. The thing is that it was not easy to buy property a few years ago. When I first started here, 11 years ago, the largest mortgage credit that you could get was up to five years' time and paying a 17.17% interest rate in US dollars. Nowadays, you can get a mortgage as an individual for 30 years' time at a 10%. And in fact, President Peña has signed a bill now in, in uh, last January in which he's going to lower interest rates for the mortgage down to 7.5 and 7.0% interest rates in local currency. So you may have to imagine how providing these tools is going to boom this kind of segment as well as going to reduce that housing deficit that we're speaking about. Okay, in order to show some more geographical information, as I was telling, Asuncion is like the most famous city in, in Paraguay, but we're not going to speak today about Asuncion, and I'll show you why in this map. We're going to speak about Ciudad del Este, which is the second largest city. It's separated 300 kilometers from Asuncion, and it is neighbor with Brazil and Argentina at the same time. To take into account, Asuncion is neighboring Argentina on the lowest densely populated area in the country being also this, the lowest in power of acquisition. If we look to the south of Brazil, it's just the opposite. The south of Brazil, from Sao Paulo to the south, is the most densely populated area, and as well as the engine, where all the agribusiness and the industry is in the country. You know? So it definitely makes sense to speak about Ciudad Este because Ciudad Este is the main door to its largest client, Brazil. It's, it is also neighboring Argentina, but it's, there is not that much of exchange. And, there is no comparison today in the size of the Brazilian economy with the uh, with the Argentinian one. Okay, and there are some pictures of what it is. Okay, you may see in many pictures I will be showing you today that water is absolutely everywhere. Okay, we have Ciudad del Este on the left side and Brazil on the right side. We're connected nowadays with one bridge. There's a new bridge to be opened that I will uh, speak to you about later on. But this very specific bridge is called the Friendship Bridge. Okay. You may have to admit, and I tell you that you don't have to seal your passport when you're flying or when you're going to Brazil for dinner or for a meeting. This shows you how the friendship is ongoing in this area. Okay. There's also another picture in which you can see Argentina down to it. Okay. This is the Parana River that we're seeing in this picture. Parana River is very fluid and dense in terms of water because of the Amazon River, and it ends up in the south going to the sea transforming itself into Rio de la Plata, or Silver River, how, I don't know how you call it, dividing both Uruguay and Argentina. So this is quite famous. Although if you know something about the area, this is not worldwide famous because of the river itself. It is got worldwide famous because of the Iguazu waterfalls. Okay? It's one of the seven wonders of nature from my perspective and definitely a must-see in your life. That is shared between Brazil and Argentina. And the Iwazu River is not the main river over here. 
the Iwazu River is just an affluent to the Paraná River that you see all over here. As I was telling you, water and green is absolutely everywhere. These are not the Iwazu waterfalls. In fact, they are called the Monday waterfalls. It has nothing to do with the weekday. In English, it's a Guarani name in local language, okay? Just to show you that this is just eight kilometers away from our projects. And as I was telling you, it's water everywhere. If we call ourselves Green Paraná, it was very easy to put the name for us because everything you see from above is green and it is because of the Paraná River. So it was very, very obvious in terms of that. This is in, if I'm speaking like a Spaniard here, where we have deficit in energy production, I will put turbines all over there because we need to use every source of energy for that. Here in Paraguay, we're rich in energy production for that. And if we speak about energy, we'll have to show you what the country is living from, okay? These are the four main levers on which the GDP stands for, okay? That's what we saw at the beginning and what is, that's what it is standing 10 years later, okay? This more or less speaks about 40 or 50% of the GDP. First of all, it's energy. As I was telling you, we have the largest hydroelectric dam in the world. It's called Itaipu, and it's partnered or it's owned 50% by Paraguay and 50% by Brazil. We also stand on trade because we have a free trade agreement with large economies like the ones I've, I've been mentioning. And it is very easy due to the tariff structure in Paraguay to import goods and then they go and they get into Brazil and they get into Argentina. So this is a great segment for that. We're also quite powerful in terms of cattle, being one of the top five meat producers in the world, as well as in agribusiness, being mainly the soybean producers as well. We're also among the top five ones. Among these four levels, I've highlighted three in green because they, the capital for this is not Asuncion. The capital for this is Ciudad del Este and its Alto Paraná region. In fact, if we speak about GDP per capita, GDP per capita in the area is five times the GDP per capita at Asuncion, for instance. Why? Because the most powerful sectors are based in this area. Okay, but that was the beginning where we started 10 years ago, as I was saying. Nowadays, the city has also expanded. For sure, we keep on with the energy production, the trade and the agribusiness, but we also stand in some other sectors. For sure, these are the Iwazu waterfalls I was telling you about. Okay, we get some inflows of tourists because of the people going, because it's, this is just 15 kilometers away from Ciudad Este, no? But the great thing happening in the local economy is the ones I'm, I'm going to show you right now. Public works. So I was telling, Paraguay has a limited budget due to its limited tax structure. So even because of that, we're like the spoiled kid for the Paraguayan country. We get the most investment from the public circle, uh, sector in terms of infrastructure. They know that our best client is our neighbor, so they want to foster it and to boost the commerce for that. So the infrastructure is definitely needed. Industrial relocation. It will be easy to picture it because Paraguay is playing a very similar role to the one Mexico is playing in its northern frontier with the U.S. using the NAFTA agreement. Okay, just to take into account, we've been speaking about energy, but I haven't told you that we energy here is very cheap, as you may imagine. But the price for the energy has not changed one dime in the past eight years. Okay, I, I don't know if we're the only country in the world, or if not, we'll be like the only three countries in the world that can't with that. Okay, so relocating your industry from Brazil 
to Paraguay, it really makes sense because Paraguay, Brazil is increasing its price for energy, but we don't. I just think on my house in Spain, how much I'm paying right now for the energy bill, and I get impressed about these kind of things. And I believe it is more or less the same in the country where you come right now. Okay, so this the industrial relocation already started throughout these past 10 years, but it's definitely going to be a very interesting sector for the future because it really makes sense for that, and President Peña knows about it. Okay. The other sector interesting one is the universities. Due to the Mercosur agreement as well, you can study in any of the neighbor or the member states, the university, and then you can practice at your home country or at another one of, at another member state, just passing one exam. In the specific case of medicine and doctors, this is quite interesting because there is a deficit as well for doctors in Brazil. So price for studying the doctor graduate university, the medicine university for in Brazil, it's from $3,000 monthly onwards. So this means that it is absurdly expensive for the Brazilian people to study it. So they look for alternatives. They go to Buenos Aires, but they have discovered Paraguay. They can study medicine for 10% the price they're paying in, in Brazil. So they pay it like $300 a month for studying in that. In order for you to provide some figures, in the past five years, to the city of Ciudad del Este, which encompasses 500,000 people more or less, 50,000 Brazilian students have newly settled themselves in order to study in the city. That is a huge growth, inorganic growth, that you can unify it with the normal population demographic growth of that. So definitely it is quite interesting for real estate because there is 50,000 people who came to the city who have to set up their lives. They have to find a place to live and so on. No, I left real estate as the last sector to be explained because this is the one that gets the consequences of the growth among the other sectors as well. No, so real estate is definitely starting because of the other pictures doing its job and growing year after year. Energy. I've already spoken about energy, but there is a need to make a, a break on this and speak about what it is. We call ourselves an energetic superpower. And it is not only that, that it is also a clean energetic superpower. It's because of the transit of water. We have a surplus in energy production and our gigantic neighbors, they have a deficit for that. Okay. From the picture you see on your screens right now, you are seeing or watching the Itaipu Dam. That's the largest hydroelectric dam in the world. Okay, it's shared by Brazil and Paraguay, and it provides 20% of the Brazilian electricity they do use every day. Okay, this is the, not the only dam in the country. There is another one in the south, neighboring Argentina, on a smaller size that also provides 25% of Argentina's energy needs. Okay. And for sure, we take care of 100% of the, what Paraguay needs, okay, all together without the actual capacity. But the great thing here is that although we have a surplus, we have room for more. I was showing you some pictures before that those waterfalls in Paraguay that can be used for that. No, in fact, this week, I think it was four days ago, there, there was a bill passed in order to foster the development of new small dams throughout the country. There are rivers all over everywhere. We have to think on our future as the economy is growing that much, and we have to keep providing the energy, the energy and the electricity our neighbors want. That's the great thing of having such large companions for that. In fact, 
the relationship between Paraguay and Brazil is quite interesting because this is like David and Goliath. We're very small in comparison with Brazil and they are the largest client for us. But at the same time, we have the thing they need the most. So there is a huge reason to get an agreement always on that. Okay. I spoke to you about one of the treasures in, in the country, but the other treasure will be the population. And this is the numbers that really blew up my mind when we first came here. This is the graphic of the population in Paraguay in the past 40 years. Although this is a country of nowadays, a population between 7.1 to 7.7 million inhabitants, okay? 40 years ago, it was barely 3 million. It has a growth of 256%. It more than doubled in 40 years time. That is absolutely huge. It shows you at the same time that the demographic pyramid is absolutely perfect because 75% of the population is less than 35 years old. That is great because this means that every year there is less people than the 18 years range than the year about to come, but even less than the next year. And this is the demographic bonus which is going to happen for the next 20 years. But if we get to analyze the graphics, not for the country, but for the Alto Paraná region where Ciudad Este is, the numbers are even more ludicrous, okay? In 40 years time, they have multiplied for, for, by more than four, okay? There were 200,000 people living in 1982, and nowadays we're close to 900,000, okay? If we speak about Ciudad del Este, it was even larger, and there's a reason. Ciudad del Este was newly created 67 years ago. It was founded by the engineers who were building the Itaipu Dam, okay? So, 67 years ago, it was absolutely nothing. And it turned from zero people to 100 people and then from a very small village. Nowadays, it encompasses a city of 500,000 inhabitants. And it is not the real estate growth that boomed and turned it into that. It was the trade movement was huge for that time. So everybody was making a lot of money with, with trade and thinking and developing the city, but not into an urbanistical perspective and that is really the room for our investment right now nowadays because they did not they, their homework they have a, a very interesting size number in terms of the city and with loads of needs mainly residential in order to show you some more geography on that this is how the area looks on the map okay on the left side we have paraguay on the right side we have argentina and on the Bottom side, we have no, on, the left, on the right side, we have Brazil, and on the bottom side, we have Argentina. Okay, the Parana River is the main character all over here, dividing both countries or the three countries by themselves. The Iguazu River, you have here the, the, the picture for that. The, I, I, I never get bored about seeing the pictures for that. It's this very small river painted in the graphic, but you can see how huge it is. Also, it happens with the Monte River, the one with the waterfall I was showing you at the beginning. And in here, no? There are some other things to take into account in this picture, okay? The first of all is that Ciudad del Este, although it comes from the smallest city among the three of, the, of them, it is the largest city, okay? On the other side that, if you can see, and you have to trust me on this, the city is completely surrounded by water. You cannot expand itself to the north because you have one river and then the Itaipu Dam here with a 200 kilometers area of protected land. You have another country, and it's not a good idea to start uh, conquering other, other neighbors. And you have the south, 
okay, with the Monday River and then some protected land, and then you will find as well Argentina. So you see that the city can only expand through one axis, this axis, okay? The city has 16 kilometers wide, and we placed ourselves, when we first came, in the eighth kilometer. It is the geographical city center of the city, but it is not yet the business center of the city but the city is expanding towards that axis. What we always say is that we haven't moved an inch in these years, and every day we're closer to the city center. One other interesting thing to get to know about the areas, and once again, speaking about Itaipu, Itaipu as being a public company, they cannot throw dividends. So they have to reinvest all the returns into the development and coordination of both countries. And both Ciudad del Este on the one side and Foz de Iguazú, the name of the Brazilian city on the other side, they receive loads of investments from that. And the thing about being 50% of both entities is that they duplicate everything. So every investment that you get in Ciudad del Este, it has to be done at the same time in Brazil in order to always be balanced. And you will see it in some other public works. So the Friendship Bridge I was telling you at the beginning, connecting both cities, it was also due to Itaipu and its funds. Okay? Super exciting news. We just released our first in a series of expat guidebooks. These are in-depth country guides on how to move to another country, and the first one released is Expat's Guide on Moving to Mexico. It took us over two years to compile all the research and write this book on Mexico, and coming in at 475 pages, you can really see how much work has gone into this. It's a complete guide on everything you need to know if you want to move to Mexico including where to live, immigration, taxes, lifestyle, buying property, how to get a driver's license, and a million other things you would never think you need the answers to. You can find the book directly on Amazon by searching for Expat's Guide on Moving to Mexico or go to expatguidebooks.com, which will take you to our online shop where you will find the book. Go to expatguidebooks.com. That's expatguidebooks.com. Moving to what we've been doing in the past years. If you ask me, what am I? I would not say I'm a residential developer or a commercial real estate businessman or a hotel developer. I will tell you I'm an urbanistic person, okay? Because that was our main project for that, making the new area for the middle class to live in Ciudad del Este, a place very beautiful from above, completely chaotic, on the downside, and we are structuring it in order to make and foster quality of life to the growing population in the city. For those of you who understand Spanish, it is very easy to see that Ciudad Nueva stands for the new city, and that is definitely the factors that we want to fight for in this city right now. This is a picture of Ciudad Nueva, of what we've been doing so far, okay? Here it is the avenue, well, more than an avenue, it is a highway connecting Brazil dividing the city of Ciudad Este and connecting with Asunción, and more or less all the projects on which we have been working on the past 10 years. Okay, The great thing here is that at the beginning, when we were a newcomer in the city, everybody thought that we were the crazy Spaniards who had been completely fooled down by the people who sold that land to us because it was too far away for them. Nowadays, you see some investments of ours, but you also see investments from the competition as well, and also investments from the public sector. And these are some evidences for that. It's not only us who decided to 
gamble or, or to foster for that area. It was also the public sector and the Supreme Court of Justice. They placed their headquarters for the eastern region in the country just three blocks away from where we are right now. They had all the administration of justice completely spread it throughout the state of the Alto Paraná, and they brought it completely here. It was one of the largest investments in, in, in public buildings by that time. It's been open two and a half years ago. This was the first stone that we put here, the Plaza City Laser Mall. And we're very proud about it because that was really the thing when there was nothing all over there. Nowadays, it is a place with restaurants, universities, cinema, gym, banks, and some other services like that. Then, as I was telling you, public works. This is, again, the highway connecting Brazil and Asuncion, but at the same time, the main avenue of the city. This viaduct that you see here made the solution for a crazy traffic jam that blocked the city all over here. This would be called the seventh kilometer, and we are based in the eighth kilometer. This streamlined the traffic for that, not only for the people living in the city, but also for the commerce and the trade and the exchange between both countries at the same time. And from this viaduct, there was a new highway also connecting that spot that I was showing you on the previous slide with the Taipu Dam in the neighbor city of Hernandarias. If I show you this picture, you would see that uh, you have to trust me that this is Paraguay and that this is not an European country because you see that it is completely brand new. We have the capacity in the city because of the infrastructure we have to hold even at least the double of the population that we already have already here. And that what, that's what one of the main differences with Asuncion, other than the productive and GDP per capita that I was speaking to you at the beginning of the presentation. Okay, some other evidences. This is a building of ours that we developed. It is in, embedded into the Plaza City complex. This is a tower of 11 floors completely rented to Uninorte. That's one of the largest private universities in the country, and it holds 2,000 Paraguayan students daily. Then there's another university into a leisure mall. This is the UCP, standing for Universidad Central del Paraguay. This is for medicine, and it is 99.9% of the students, Brazilian ones. They hold 3,000 students daily, every day in here. They have another campus in the city, which holds 2,000 students daily. So they have overall 5,000 students studying every day in the city with them. They're like the largest one among the city. Okay, we also have some medical facilities. There's an ambulatory also embedded in the complex from one of the largest medical providers in the area. Also have just 50 meters away from the leisure mall, our Dazzler Hotel. It is a development of ours as well, and it is uh, managed by the Wyndham brand. Wyndham was selected by ourselves as because they are the largest hotel chain in terms of business in the world, and we had a great agreement with them. They use the Dazzler brand, which is the business brand that they use in the Southern Conference here. We had the pleasure to hold Mikel here in this hotel. And as I'm showing you some pictures, it is because there are many things happening every day. We also had some land in there in which we rented to one of the largest supermarket 
chains in the city. This was the first franchise that they opened in Ciudad Este two years ago. And it's a 24-7 supermarket all over there. We have to be updating our presentations every day because there are new projects coming the whole time. We get we try to get as much as information as possible, but nobody asks for permission to ask when they want to invest. No, so you get to see it. No, you see in fact that the works ongoing in here because that was one of the projects I will show you later on. Okay. This is also the university hospital. Okay. This is owned by our tenant at the Leisure Mall, the UCP. They needed a place in order for their people to practice by on the on the final years of their career and they bought this land for us in order to foster this to, to build this university hospital you may see at the left side of the picture that you see the supreme court of justice this is just three or four blocks away from where we are this is the main axis we took an avenue all over there and we are placing all the developments in that area this is going to have 200 beds okay that was the project i was telling you later on close and next to the to the supermarket this is a gas station i know that having a gas station is not the greatest news that you can have but it shows you how there is an ongoing investment process in the area and how the landscape is changing month after month year after year and if you go to the area and then you come back in 18 months you see a huge change and you get completely impressed and that's what we see with the people that we normally receive in the area this is a picture from above although i show you another one this is not as good in terms of definition but i'm very proud about it because everything you see in this picture did not exist eight years ago some of them are pictures of uh, uh, development of ours, such as the hotel or Green Paraná that we're speaking about. Okay, this, is, this was our first hour. I think this picture was taken more or less in April or May last year because the works and the start of construction of the second tower was already starting. One thing I always like to show at this present at this slide is this paved avenue, and it quite will seem quite obvious to the people looking at it for but for us it's a great success because when we first started investing in these lands this was just soil you see this kind of soil red or orange soil that you see full of minerals it was the color of this area so it was a great success for for us that we get we got the paved avenue and finally illuminated for that just three years ago. Imagine how this is going to boom. This is already something ongoing. And if it is not us doing it, it will definitely be the competition or someone else. This is just what the city is demanding right now. Another perspective on this, on this area, as I was telling you, where we speak about this avenue. This avenue has a name and the name is the Rafael Barret Avenue. And you can see... On this side of the slide, the highway I was telling you about, okay? So this is like the access that we call the Ciudad Nueva project, 100 hectares of land in which we're building the nicest neighborhood to live for the middle class. And we make this, this effort on the middle class because we see that it is the wider market that we can have. This is not a country for luxury. The wider market is for the middle class, definitely. I was giving you throughout the presentation as well, some evidences of what the public works are. I showed you the Supreme Court of Justice, the connection with the Itaipudam or the viaducts, but there are two very important ones that made me from a non-believer in Paraguay to a final believer, okay? First of all, is the highway between Asunción and Ciudad Este. I've told you about the highway many times, but what I haven't told you is that it really turned into a highway 
in June 2023. I was completely crazy that in a country like Paraguay, the two most important cities were not connected by a highway. Not only for that, because the greatest, the, the connection with its greatest client was not connected through highway. There were some spots or some phases of highway, but not on a specific phase. This completely boosts the exchange between both city and both cities and both countries. And we also have the bridge, a new bridge, because the friendship bridge I was telling you about is completely crowded. So we need another bridge in order to alleviate for that, especially on merchandise. There was a picture of, of myself because as I was telling you, I was an unbeliever. I didn't think that they were ongoing with these works as fast as I was telling. This guy here on the right side of the bottom is our sales manager, Enzo, that he told me one day having lunch that he was very much advanced. So we took our car and we took this picture on. No? Then we use some other pictures. I, you'll have to admit that this is not my picture or this one showing how this kind of works completely get delivered. And it is not impressive and beautiful. It also shows you how important it is for both countries to make a great exchange. We have, and this is a very healthy relationship between both of us because both of us paid for it. This is gonna be opened, I think by the end of this year because there are new customs facilities in both sides of the border that are, going, that are still being built. But this shows you how everything is just about to increase. This is great, in fact, for the industrial relocation that I was telling you, because if you go and produce in Paraguay at a lower cost, but then you get into the friendship bridge and it is completely crowded, it is an obstacle for exchange. If you go through this, this is called the integration bridge, it makes it very easier and it makes your exchange like a highway between both countries as well. Moving on to what we speak about real estate. This is the question we were asking to ourselves in 2019, after seven, eight years developing and doing business in the country, we already saw that we had all this segmented thing that we needed in the area, but we also always ask ourselves saying, where are all these people going to live? And the answer is quite specific and there's a spoiler for that. We always say that it is Ciudad Nueva, the place for that, and we aimed definitely for it. And that's when we started thinking on developing Green Paraná. I told you that putting the name was the easiest thing. The most difficult thing was to be consistent of what Green Paraná will stand for. And we decided to focus completely on three levers, price, potential, and design. Okay, price, because it was just the start of the development of the real estate or the initial moment in which banks were starting to get open about giving mortgages to the, to the people. Although they were a bit strict on that and not as streamlined as, as they can be in Spain, they started to that. So you see, if you had come to the country, if you come to the country, you see that there are many fancy cars all over the country from $50,000 onwards. And you say, wow, that's impressive. That is a guy with a $50,000 Toyota and he's living at his father-in-law's house. The thing is, he's not a fool, but the thing is he had no possibility to get a house even if the price for the house was the same price. Nowadays that you have the credit solution for that, if you put the price of the apartment at the same as of some of those kinds of fancy cars, you're just making it easier. You're making it very similar. In fact, there are many similarities on buying a fancy car than buying an apartment. It's something you speak with your spouse and so on, and it's financed more or less in the same way for that. Potential. Potential is what we always look in real estate, not only in Paraguay, but 
everywhere. Okay, so we wanted to show them how potential was for that. No, and potential is everything we speak about in Paraguay, and that's the main difference between Ciudad del Este and Asunción is that Ciudad del Este has more potential than Asunción, and the our area, the Ciudad Nueva area, or the eight kilometer area, has more potential than the rest of the city. We also had to do some attractive design in order to make it a bit cool, okay? Because this is a, it is a matter of culture. People are starting to see what living in an apartment is. And once you go into the apartment, you never go back. Who our clients are? Well, basically, it is obvious to say that Paraguayans, but also Brazilians. I've already mentioned how the exchange between both countries is and how it is, it is to go from Brazil and rent a house in Paraguay because you are due to the Mercosur agreement, you are a legal person in the, the country and you don't have to set up anything else. That's the reason we are the second largest Brazilian colony in the world. First one, it is the US, but we're the second. We have 250,000 Brazilian people living in the country. It's the largest one, even more than in Argentina, or even more than it's than their homeland, Portugal. And that is absolutely huge. It is not only because of the students, it is also because of the agricultural business and the businessmen. There are loads of Brazilians investing in the country and doing business in the cross, in the, in the many sectors that we do have. So that was definitely who we were targeting and how we wanted to take the attention from those segments, okay? This just, a comparison of what we do offer for foreign investors in Paraguay. This is a country for completely opened for the foreign investors. It is easy, okay? You can be owner of property without getting your residency. You can get a bank account without getting your residency as well and not making a minimum investment. Would we like to say that there is no bureaucracy in Paraguay? Definitely, I would like to tell to you, but this is not the truth. There is a small bureaucracy, although it is not as complicated and in our neighbor countries or even in the US or in Europe. This is much more easy, but it requires some kind of patience for that. No? Then if I am to get the conversation more into what Green Parana is, you will see those that Netflix logo over there. And it is because of an exercise we do here internally. When we are about to develop a business ourselves with the marketing and the commercial team, what we always speak is we have the similarity with a series, okay? So this is like a Netflix series for us. We call it internally the promised land because it is definitely and surely the promised land to us and we had to discover it. The promised land will be Green Parana and what we aim to do. And every tower that you build is a one season that starts for it. Season one will be our tower one that you see here in the picture. We wanted to test and see if what we thought that there was and what our studies were saying about the need for residential in the city will be truth. It would have been very easy for my, by myself to go and sell this kind of tower in Madrid to my friends because it was cheap and the country has potential, but we first had to test it. it I would have money in the bank, but I wouldn't know about the market of the people and the middle class. So we focused merely in the city, in the population of the city mainly Paraguayan and Brazilians. And it was a huge success, although we were a bit conservative on that. And it was even better than our expectations. Then we decided to do Tower 2 on the next season. That was supposed to be a twin sister from Tower 1, but we got some knowledge and some learnings from Tower 1, and we made some adaptations in order to make it more attractive into the market. 
This resulted in a much more aggressive sales process than Tower One and a huge success. And that is the reason we're speaking today about the new season oncoming for the, as our third season, the Green Paraná concept. It's called the Concept Tower because it stands even more from what we aimed to Green Paraná at the beginning. And it also is because we have the experience from these past years being developing and learning about the country, about the market itself. That is the reason we are accelerating and making even larger products for that. This is some evidences of what Tower One was. As I told you, it had to be attractive. It is not definitely a luxurious building. It is a building of quality focused on the middle class, trying to make their life and their quality of life affordable for them. Just look at the views from our rooftop pool from that. We also try to make it as more attractive as possible. One thing is that this is a very warm country, so you have to put balconies all over there. One thing that you don't see on the pictures is, is, is that we have a barbecue embedded in each of every balcony into the building because asado or barbecues in English is a religion here. This is There is a reason we are top five producers in the world of meat, okay? We also have some barbecues facilities shared into the shared spaces on the rooftop, no? At the end, we said about design, and you see this graffiti from here. That graffiti has been painted by one of the most talented and renowned urban artists in Latin America. His name is Oz Montanilla, he's Paraguayan, and you have to schedule him with two years in advance because he has works all over there. You put into the area a new combination, a new concept, and the competition starts looking at you and you raise the bar when you think about this kind of project. So everybody tries to do those kind of segmentation. That's the reason the area starts to be placed and known about that topic. This is, I was telling you, Tower 2. We are nowadays on construction, expected delivery date by the end of the year. And there is a change from this tower to the other. First one, it had 44 apartments, then we saw the demand increase, so we decided to make some changes on this tower in order to provide a bit extra number of apartments going to 52, okay? But as sales and demand was booming for that, we decided to go one step further into that, into the concept building. It is always the same avenue in which we have been developing these businesses, the Rafael Barret Avenue. This is the concept tower. And the great difference between one and the other is that it has doubled the size. Why? Because there is economy of scale for that. And at the same time, because we see a lot of demand ongoing that, with that. And that's the reason we are here today. It is a great project for investing. With difference than the other towers, we have commercial premises on the ground floor. There are two reasons for that. One, because it adds value to the tower itself, and the other because it also raises the bar throughout the area in order to foster and position the area of Rafael Barret as the, as the fancy place. Imagine how would that be if you have a cafe like this on the future for that. So that's absolutely great. We decided as well to do economies of scale in order to keep being consistent with the price level that we were saying at the beginning. And at the same time, what we can do due to the economies of scale, is to provide great amenities with that. The amenities we had in Tower 1 and 2 were the rooftop pool, the quincho, as we call it, or the asado spot on the rooftop, as well as 24-hour security, okay? Nowadays, we can provide a larger sunset swimming pool. We can 
provide three different asado spaces, as well as a gym, co-working, a kid's area, and a putting green. That was one of my choices. I love golf, although I'm a bit awful playing for that. Okay, And that is, if I show you what has some evidences of how it has been doing business or investing in Green Paraná, I would like to show you some evidences throughout the years for that. Okay, We have this case from somebody who invested in a two-bedroom with one-bathroom apartment at Tower One. He made additional investment in order to make it a bit more attractive for the market, and he did it by the end of 2022. We always say that it is very easy on those. This project was designed or defined in order to be very attractive for the prices in the market for the investor to get more than an 8% in the rental return for that. So far in Green Parana 1, we have outperformed it and we have making the fixings in order to boost those kind of returns. No? So in the case for Thomas here, he was making since year one an 8.9 return in terms of rental. But he wanted to go one step further and he wanted to see how the, to test us and see how the resale process was. What he did is that he raised 25% the price in 2023 from what he had bought at the end of 2022 to see how it worked. It was attractive for the market because he was, although he was raising the price, it was yet attractive to the final client because he was giving a 7.2% return to the client. So the one who bought it last week was completely happy with that because he made a great investment with his 7%, but the seller, my friend Thomas, he did a 25% on that. Okay, there's another case ongoing right now. It is my case. I had to invest. I, well, had no idea. I, I definitely wanted to to invest in, in my tower. First of all, I decided a tower of an apartment of two bedrooms. No, and then one woman, when we were out of two bedroom apartments, she desperately wanted my apartment. So I decided to sell it to her because I didn't have that that much of a bond with the unit. I said, okay. I raised the price and I sold it to her and I made some extra cash for that. So I went to two of the first movers and I bought the apartments from them. First of all, it was Elizabeth. She was one of the first five clients in the tower. She had bought the one bedroom for less than $40,000 and I was willing to pay to her $52,000 because it was about the end of construction and I knew how the other transactions of the one bedrooms had been going. So I thought that it was completely fair and easy for me to get an interesting return for that. Elizabeth may have thought that I was a fool of mine because she was making a 32% on the economics if we compared it with the price, but she was making even more because she had only paid by that time $19,000. So the extra cash that she got, it was a 67% increase in price of what she did. She was completely happy and I am very happy myself because just two weeks later, I was renting it for $380, making an 8.44% since year one. That was my strategy and what I thought for the unfurnished apartments and that's what's been happening. But I bought another one and I wanted to see what it was with the furnished apartments. As I have information from our hotel, I wanted to see it, you know, because sometimes people speak to you about what going through Airbnb and booking it is, but you never know it until you go it by yourself. So as I've been going to many houses in Paraguay and in Ciudad del Este throughout the years, I decided to make my apartment unique and attractive for my clients. So 
I bought the apartment and then I hired architect Stephanie that she made a very interesting project for myself and I liked it very much. We agreed on that and we made together this apartment and we launched it through the platforms. It had a lot of success and great reviews because people said that there was like the best Airbnb they had been in this area in the past years. And I was booming in terms of occupation as well as in revenues. The bad thing towards that is that although I have a property manager, I wanted to see it by myself and I started managing it by myself. I was replying, the one replying the Airbnb and booking, and I was completely stressed about, especially about Airbnb, because you always have to reply and you have to accept the guy and so on. That's what the Brazilian people used. Argentinians and Paraguayans, they were more using booking. So I was making 16.5% yearly, but I was a bit stressed out until some clients and some hosts that I had were making me offers. They were blocking for 10 days, two weeks, the apartment, and then they decided that they wanted to stay perpetually in my apartment. I normally said no until Raidina came. I had already tested for three months the thing, and she made a good offer for me. She made me a $650 a month for my apartment. I'm making 13% or even a bit more than 17% every year. So I decided to rent it on a long term to her, defining and getting a lot of knowledge of what it is renting through the platforms as well as renting for the furnished people. You have to take into account that here there's many people coming from outside, so they don't have their own staff being brought just for five years, if we're speaking about a student, or there's many people, young people, getting out of their parents' house, okay? So they normally don't have staff. So if you provided furnished, you're just making a bit easier. I'm speaking about making a 15% extra investment than what the apartment is costing, and your return is gonna increase like for two, three or four basic points. In my case, it was a bit more, but I will always like to be conservative on the estimates. So the thing is, take into account everything that we've been speaking throughout the presentation and so on, here I, I am today in order to invite you to be part of the Green Paraná concept, to invite you to be par part of what the growth of Paraguay is and from which vehicle. And I propose you to do it through the Green Paraná concept. What are we showing to the expat money community today? Well, Mikhail and his aggressive negotiation skills made, he, made ourselves secure 35 units for him at a discounted price for the market in order for his community, okay? We have the lowest price in the market right now, guaranteed. And we also want you to test how it is going to be with the furnished apartment. So we grant you the project for the internal furnishment of the apartment completely by ourselves on that. We also did one thing that we included the prices normally, VAT, there's a VAT of 1.5% on real estate prices on Paraguay, and we include it into a price so that you got that your extra credit on rental in the future. And we also make it easy. It is very easy to make a reservation. We have a reservation fee of $2,000 for the one-bedroom apartments and $3,000 for the two-bedroom apartments. Here, the tower has just one-bedroom and two-bedroom apartments. We decided to focus only on our best sellers and improving from what we've learned in the other projects right now. The tower is going to start its construction by the end of next month or the beginning of April, depending on how the Easter and the climate goes, because we 
need some days of no rain to start works for that. So I was telling you, we focused on the one and two bedroom apartments, but we have two different types on each one. For the one bedrooms, we have 39 square meters and 47 square meters. And for the two bedrooms, we have 65 square meters and 80 and 88 square meters. The great innovation from on this tower from the other towers is that we had a bestseller of 64 square meters with two bedrooms and one bathroom. And we made the way to provide on the same or similar size, the 65 square meters, two bathroom option, making at the same time the market for this kind of apartments wider for that. We also have an offer of amenities that is not yet existent in the market. We were like the best in amenities in the city with what we had and the quality of that. And we decided to go one step further because we're creating the market here. We're not looking into competition. We're raising the bar and then the competition is coming. And that's what is making us innovative and which is making us being greater in terms of our returns for now. As I was telling you at the beginning, we designed it in order to be very easy to make very interesting returns through rental and not only from the furnished, from the unfurnished, but also to the fully furnished. And we make it very easy. We have two different payment methods. The first of all is with the reservation fees that I was telling, then allow a 30% installment at the beginning of construction, and then a quarterly payment of 5%. Last payment will be due by the end of construction, but we do grant also for the community some aggressive facility as well, which is making a 10% discount on cash up from payments. That way, the return boosts and increase. You can see there the prices of the apartments going from $50,000 to $120,000 for the price you get lower than the market right now. Construction is about to start. We're going very well in, in, in terms of sales. I definitely invite you for that. Some practical information of what it is to invest in real estate in Paraguay. First of all, let's speak about what the lease agreement is, okay? I'm not that familiar with the US one or, or what, it, what you normally use in North America, but in Europe, it's quite strict. In fact, although you wanna put specific clauses, you have very strict clauses for that. And you have definitely, even if you wanted the apartment to rent it for two years, you have to do it at least for five years time because the law in that country, in those countries, is in favor of the tenant. And here the law is in favor of the owner. And that shows you how one thing of Paraguay is important. Property is very well defended in this country, okay? Normally, you don't include cleats in appliances, but the more attractive you want to make it, the more attractive it will be into a market. I really believe on making unique spaces for the people not only looking for the price, but entering in the apartment and getting that wow experience, meaning that they want to invest a little more in order to rent your apartment. There are also some property management expenses for the shared facility, the shared spaces that normally are paid by the tenant. And there's also one month warranty. What we do is that you ask for that kind of warranty and then you ask for the financials for the client. One thing that normally happens in the city, in, in, the, in the market is that sometimes the guy is so young, that his financials need a bit of power or boosting. That's the reason we normally ask for a co-debtor from his wife, from his father, his parents, or whomever. And that is a, a very useful tool in the country. In terms of how the process of buying a property goes, 
you get the deed of property and there is a title for property for every unit that you get and it normally gets like three or four months after the delivery of the keys and you can get your title of property even if you are a foreigner and you don't live in the country okay so going to that moment what we normally do is that we sign a reservation contract just before now in, in this moment when the construction has not started the moment we do start construction in a few weeks we will sign the private sales agreement and we will exchange it digitally more or less one question that i think you might ask to yourselves is who's going to take care of your apartment who's going to provide that service and there is a solution for that there are large multinationals offering that service what we do it as well with our team and our division we provide the brokerage service looking for the tenant, analyzing the tenant and following up until the sign of the contract is taking place. And we also get involved in the day to day for a very small price. Our business is not doing transactional commissions so that our business is in selling square meters for that. No? So we go along with the owner, ensuring everything in, in, and the, the apartment is used how it should be used and that we build the client and we collect the payments and we ensure that the transaction and the relationship between landlord and the tenant is completely healthy. In terms of taxes, I wouldn't go that far because it's easy. There's a VAT of a 5% on the lease of real estate and a 1.5 VAT in property acquisition. So I was telling you, we're including that 1.5% in the price that you pay so that you get your extra credit on the day-to-day -day business going in the future. So you got that extra credit when covering or deducting it from the 5% lease. If you want me to explain it to you, we can, we can defini definitely do it on a phone call. The personal income, when you sell your property, you have to pay to a 2.4% at the moment of selling the property. And the only additional cost when buying the property with us, it's just the, the deed of property, the payment to a notary, which normally goes to around 2% of the price of the property. Well, we also make it very easy, not only following up the relationship with you and with your tenants, we also make it easy in terms of payments and dealing with that. We have accounts open, I would say worldwide for that, because we have accounts here in Paraguay, Paraguay, you can have, it is very easy to have local currency account, a US dollar accounts and also Euro accounts. We also have US dollar and Euro accounts in Spain. And we've also opened an account in Chase at the US, also being able to get credit card payments through Stripe and those kind of platforms. So we just want to treat our investors as part of the family. We know that when the investors trust in you, you're building in your relationships into the future. And so far, that's what we have been seeing in the previous towers, because the investors that started with us on Tower 1, they have been repeated in every single tower because we have been developing and they see Paraguay the same way and Ciudad Este with the same perspectives as us. Okay, these are my contact details. You can reach me through email at expatmoney at greenparana.com. I'm also available on those two numbers through WhatsApp or Telegram. And I'm also able to speak about any kind of channel that you can invent. But well, no, I think I haven't taken that much time of you. I think I got specifically at my 60 minutes. 
But well, it's been a pleasure to share with you the, my views on Paraguay, and I definitely invite you to be part of this growth. Thank you very much. Amazing. Fernando, thank you so much. That was fantastic. Okay, everybody, I hope that was educational for you. I hope that you guys found that interesting and learned lots. I thought it would be worthwhile to kind of share with you guys how I came to Paraguay and, you know, a little bit about my story. So I actually had some comments on there. I saw that people recognized someone in one of the photos. He's a very good friend of mine, and I've traveled all over the world with him. And he said, I have to come down to Paraguay. I really got to check this out. So that's what I did. He set up meeting, meeting, meeting for me, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I drove around the entire country. I was there for a week on a scouting tour, me and someone from my team, Susan from my team. We drove all over the country and got to view so many different deals. Now, of the 20, 25 different projects that I liked or that I saw, I really liked two. Two of them, I was like, this is fantastic. This is really, really interesting. One of them I am still working on. We're negotiating. We're going through the whole process. The second one was this one with Fernando. I sat down. I met him. We had dinner together. We spent a meal, drank a bottle of wine together. The next day, we went and viewed the projects. He drove us around. We saw everything. I went there and we did a presentation in the morning, probably about two hours in the conference room. At the end of the presentation, I stood up and I said, Fernando, I'm going to take 35 units from my community. And that's what I did. I took 35 units right off the bat. I saw everything. I drove the whole country. I did all my due diligence. It was a recommendation from a colleague of mine who I really trust. And I took 35 units for our community. Now, let's see if I can share a quick screen here. So what I want to know from you guys today is, is this interesting for you? Did you guys get a lot out of this? These are one-bedroom apartments, average price of $60,000, two-bedroom prices between sixty dollars and $90,000. There's a, like two apartments that are around 100000 but here's the thing. When I went to Paraguay and I went and saw these this project and I negotiated on these 35 units, I was able to secure the original launch prices. So while it was just still a, a twinkle in Fernando's eye, when he was just planning this out before they had done their permitting, before they had got the architect and they had designed everything, before any of that, they had a launch price. So I went in there and I negotiated to get that exact same price for you guys today. Now, why does this matter? Well, anytime that you're doing pre-construction, there are milestones in the price, right? So when it's a twinkle in his eye, it's one type of price. And then they acquire the land, they clear the land, they pour the foundation, they do all these things. It's a different price. Then they start building is another price. You know, everything goes up as a stairs, right? Well, Fernando was able to sell about one third of the units to his existing client base. Okay. I took another third of the units. So I was able to secure that price, but I didn't have to secure the same risk because what happens when you buy pre construction? The biggest risk that you're going to face is are they going to be able to sell enough units to get enough money to be able to build it? Well, with that one third of the units and the units that I've secured for my clients, they have enough money to build everything. There's no question about that. So we got the best price, but we didn't have to take on all of that additional risk as well. So that's what we're doing. Of those 35 units, I took four of these, four units for my own portfolio. These are going to be 
permanent fixtures in my portfolio because I can see the rental returns on these. I can see what is going on in this country and all of the economics that we went through in today's presentation. So next steps. If this is attractive to you, if this hit the mark, I want you guys to go to the Q&A at the bottom and I want you to put in, I'm in. Let me know, guys, is this something that speaks to you? I believe it will. It it ticks all the boxes. You know, I have a 40-point checklist when I'm looking for real estate for my portfolio. And this one ticked all of them. At a price point of between sixty dollars and $90,000, all in for a project with possible 8 9% returns, possibly 10% returns on long-term rentals. Short-term rentals could be between 10 to 12, 10 to 14% short-term. That's historically what we've seen. I think that is unbelievable, to be honest. But let me know in the comments below if we hit the mark and just write, I'm in, okay? Let's take a look on here because I really want to know, I'm really curious if this makes sense for you guys or not. So Harry says, very interesting exclamation point. Okay, Gina says, yes, this looks very good. I'm interested. We got Jessica S. that says, I'm in. Okay, when will the construction begin? It's beginning soon. March, April times. It's coming up right, right now. Uh, we're going to get to all of the questions in a bit. James says, yes, definitely interested. Okay, sweet. <laughs> I got to check, right? I got to check, guys. I got to make sure that this makes sense. Here is what I want you to do. Now, you guys can go out there and you can buy one unit. That's fine. It makes perfect sense. You want to drop $60,000, $80,000, $60,000, dollars $80,000. Fantastic. But here's a invitation to you. Start thinking about projects like this as a permanent fixture or a long-term fixture in your portfolio. I'm really encouraging clients to start looking at their stock portfolio and realize if that is a really good option for them or not. So instead of putting, say, 5% into the energy sector and 20% into tech stocks and 10% into financial accounts. Pick a percentage of your overall investment portfolio and let's start doing it in countries, right? So let's say that you wanted to put percent, 10% or 20% of your net worth or your investable net worth into a project. Figure out what that dollar amount is. And when you look at a project like that, then commit to a dollar amount. And then we're going to pick for you or you pick the best units that will get you your most bang for your buck. As I said, I bought four of these units. I didn't buy one. And why is that? Because to go through the KYC and the AML and the due diligence and make payment and do all these things and review the contract, it's a lot of work. Do you want to do all of that work for a $50,000, $60,000 apartment? Maybe. Sure. Why not? I think it's much better to go, okay, I want to put down two hundred grand. What can I get for two hundred grand? Well, I can get four very small apartments or I can get three medium-sized apartments, or I can get two large apartments and put that in. So that when you set up all of the banking and all of these pieces to be able to go through the investment process, it's really going to make economic sense, not just for your dollars, but economic sense for your time as well. That is super, super, super important. So here we go. Reservation fees can be done today. It is $2,000 for a one-bedroom apartment, $3,000 for a two-bedroom apartment. This can be done online. Fernando is going to be sending out links for you guys, payment links, where you can reserve a unit. Now, you have two options for payment. 
at the beginning of construction, it is 30%. If you want to do a schedule of fees and stretch this out, because maybe you're not super liquid with 200 grand or 300 grand right now, you can put down 30% when construction begins. Call this March, April time, all right? Somewhere around then. Then it's going to be 5% quarterly. That's nothing. 5% of a $60,000 apartment is nothing. Then we're looking at a two-year build cycle here until delivery. Could be a little bit less, but I think in the contract it says two years, just in case it takes a little bit longer, right? The outstanding balance will be done then at Keys Delivery. So that's option one. Option two is you still put down the reservation fee today. Then if you want to pay a cash price, you can pay an upfront entire amount and you're going to get a 10% discount on the entire price, 10% off. And that is because over a two-year build cycle, there is a opportunity cost for money, right? And in this case, that theta is, they're reckoning it's worth 5% annually for up to ten, two years, which is 10%. So a $60,000 apartment, you could get for $54,000. That is a no-brainer, guys. That is absolutely a no-brainer. Get the money out of the stock market, which is super manipulated right now where I think there's going to be some really disgusting things happening in 2024. Get the money out of risky banks, put it in a tangible asset, something that is going to cash flow for you. All you need to do, if you are interested, if this hit the mark, I want you to send an email to expatmoney at greenparana.com. Expatmoney at greenparana.com. P-A-R-A-N-A.com. This is going to go to Fernando and to me, so we both have a copy of it. I want you to ask for a price list, the floor plans, payment links, anything that you have, any additional questions. We're going to do a Q&A in a bit, but anything you want to see in writing, he's going to send you a full pack on that. Also, number two, include your phone number or your WhatsApp number or your Telegram number and ask for a callback. Fernando is going to be spending the rest of the day and probably all day tomorrow calling back investors. He is going to be building out a spreadsheet of all of the people and the times that they emailed with their phone number and everything like that. So it's a first come, first serve unit. This invitation for the webinar has gone out to over 20,000 people. We have hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people here live today. We are going to have thousands upon thousands of people who are going to be watching the replay. We got 35 units minus four because of me. Why did we not get more units? Well, because there are no more units. This is it. We took one third of the building was sold in advance. I took one third of the building and they're going to be reserving one third of the building closer to delivery. That's because of, of those milestones, they can charge 20 to 30% more at that time. So it's more profitable for Fernando to hold, to sit on the units for an additional year and sell them for 30% more. This also means in theory that if you bought today, and you were to resell in one to two years, or let's call it two years at delivery, you should expect to see a between a 20 and 30% increase in the capital appreciation of your property. That's not a guarantee from me. Anything can happen in the world, but that's what we would expect. That's what we usually see in a project like this. So you guys can go ahead and send an email to expatmoney at greenparana.com and ask for the price list, the floor plans, the payment links, include your phone number, WhatsApp, and Telegram, and all of these types of things. So there we go. I hope that you guys have enjoyed this. What we're going to be doing next is I'm going to give you guys five minutes to go and send that email, and I will meet you guys back here in five minutes. I am going to put in the chat to everybody, it should be sent out to everyone, 
the email address on there. And yeah, I'll see you guys back here in call it five minutes, okay? For those interested in moving to another country, I highly recommend learning the local language before you arrive. After traveling for the last 23 years straight, I have seen many people fall into the expat bubble trap. This is where you move to a new country and you only talk to people from the USA or Canada and you are unable to make local friends. The best way to combat this is by having an understanding of the local language. And the best program I have ever seen for this is storylearningcourses.com. These are the programs I use to go from very crummy language skills to fluent in no time flat. The courses are fun and easy to understand and most importantly, really work. No matter where you are in your language learning abilities, go to storylearningcourses.com. That's storylearningcourses.com to learn more. This episode may be over, but your journey to greatness continues by visiting our webpage and signing up for our newsletter. For convenient access to new episodes, show notes, and other crucial resources, visit expatmoneyshow.com. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the Expat Money Show. Safe travels. I have managed to secure exclusive rights to a block of villas in one of the hottest up-and-coming regions in my current home country, Panama. Join me Saturday, May 4th at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for our special presentation called Investors Workshop, capitalizing on the globally recognized resort brand coming to Panama. We will discuss how the tourism landscape in this region will change rapidly upon the public announcement of this project and how I have secured the rights for my clients to capitalize on this opportunity before anyone else. Thanks to my connections in the region, I have negotiated pricing that front runs everyone else. Think early, early bird pricing. From gourmet restaurants to vibrant clubs, poolside activities, and even live bands, this resort is going to pump some serious life into the region. But this isn't what excites me or what should excite you either. The exciting part is that these world-class amenities and top brand will attract tens of thousands of tourists. Tourists who will fork over top dollar to stay at our investment properties. Register free at expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for this free real estate workshop. See you on May 4th at 10 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinar.